for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Open the floodgates. That's another very good phrase that we yeah. sometimes use in the church. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson. We're from the church next door, and this is your next step. Pastor Doyle, we're talking about floodgates of love today. Yeah, I think the, the origin of the floodgates actually probably in Scripture goes back to Egypt, when the people of Israel were in Egypt, because what they would do is they, they built these canals. It's, it's kind of neat. I, I don't know how it works today. When I was in Egypt years ago, you could watch along the, the Nile River these farmers, and they had, they had dug these trenches, and then they would build little gates, and they would open them up. If, okay. if you live in Colorado, let's say, you understand it, because every day you go out and you have to irrigate, and yeah. you have to close and open all the gates on your irrigation system. And, and that's because we have an opportunity. And what, what God invites us to is that we can have the kind of life where we open up the floodgates. He's the source of love. That's what's so cool about it. And all we are is responsible to open up the opportunity. That's why I tell people, come to church. Yeah. You'll worship God. You'll open up the floodgates of love. When you and I do certain things, it'll open up love in our family. And when you do certain things, you'll kill the love in your family. We're going to talk about that today, too. Kind of reminds me, I mean, you've, have you seen on TV when they harvest the cranberries? Yes. And yes. I thought that they grew, they, so they flood those fields. Um, and then that helped, then they can just shovel them up or so yeah. the berries float. But they are in control of that water, just like you're saying in Egypt. That's right. And we can find ways to control or contribute to the floodgates of love in, in our lives. So you and Jennifer are tag teaming this one once again yeah, today. Yeah, I love it when Jennifer helps me. It is a big help. And so we're, we're looking forward to this message today. It's Brave Love 2 Overflow. The only way the church will ever work is the church is known for being loving, for letting this love of Jesus flow through us. So listen what he says. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God. Who is teaching us about love? God is. And so the church was always being challenged to love and to flow in this love, okay? And no one was more messed up than Paul. So oh. if your background is horrible and your past is horrible, it couldn't be worse than Paul's, or maybe it was worse than Paul's, but receive the love of God and go forward and receive the love of God's family. I mean, the, the family of God just, they loved Paul so dearly, and God has that in your future. And, you know, sometimes we say love, it sounds cliche, but what does it really mean? It means to listen. It means to communicate. It means to stop and to wait and to serve and to give. It, it, there's so much. It's not, it, it is saying I love you, but there's a lot to it. We're going to unpack that. To love is to care. You know, when, when, when the boys were little, I learned that if the best thing that I could do to show them that daddy loved them was to get down on my knees and look at them in, at eye level. See, when, when you look at somebody and you really listen to them and look at them at eye level, you're loving them. 
Well, the church, that is what the church has always done. Now, what happens is this. You and I get busy in life, and we just think, I don't have any more to give. What does he say here? He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to do more and more and make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. That is countercultural, isn't it? This love, it's really an atmosphere that you create. It's really an attitude that you give away. And so when you think about your family or you think about your office, I know when I walk in that we just, we love one another and we talk to one another and we connect with one another and it's an, it's, it's, it's an atmosphere and you can create that wherever you go because God's love lives inside of you. So we've given you a little test here or a little question to ask yourself. Self-examination. Rate yourself. How would you rate yourself in regard to love? your family, so that could be your family of origin, and also your current family. So if there's extra love, if you're a nine or a 10, in your space, there are hugs, there are high fives, there are gifts, there is acts of service, there are words telling that there's love, there, there is a patience, there is a listening, there is a safe place But if it's dry, if you're down at one or two, we need to ask the Lord today to fill you back up so that you have something left inside to give out in your home and in your love. If I could say something that in our culture, in American first world culture, we think that you have to have resources in order to have love. (laughs) And that's just not true. One of the things that we love about the opportunities that God has given us to live in different parts of the world, to travel to Egypt, to travel to Africa, to travel to India, to travel to different parts of the world, as we've gotten to know the body of Christ in some places that are very resource-challenged, but their level of love, their mm-hmm. level of contentment, their level of joy is not no. connected to their resource pool. It's not based on any stuff. And, and the problem, they truly the can problem live on that's love. been created in our culture is you and I have accepted an ungodly standard that says that I can only give if I have to give. You can give love. It doesn't cost anything. It's free. Just to spend time with somebody just to listen to somebody, to care for somebody. Yes, it will impact your resources at some level, at some time. Even the widow in Scripture gave two mites, okay? And, and if you grew up in a home that was a dry well, you're now part of the kingdom of God. He is your source. Let Him begin to pour into you and just say, and you're going to need some people in your life, okay? We're going to talk more about, you know, how we get dry. The reason I think this is important, listen to this. This is 1 John 3, 11. For this is the message. Say message. Message. You heard from the beginning, we should love one another. John is saying that the message from the very beginning of Jesus Christ is one of love. Remember, they, they accused Jesus, how dare you sit with those sinners? Why are you hanging out with them? And he says, because they need the love. They need the doctor. 
They need God's goodness. And you and I live in a world right now that that has kept everybody its arm's length. They need your love more than ever. You can do that safely. You can do that with phone calls. You can do that. And and, and I I recognize that you've got to do that with the constraints of the people around you. But for me, when I read this verse, I hear the mission that we have as a church to move people closer to God. What, What moves people the most is when you show them love. And then how do we do that? Our vision, the Jesus way. When we mean that, to love somebody is to, to meet them right where they are. You know, it's, it's almost a year now that we, we saw the world be hit by this. And my first response, our first response was, how are we going to tell people about God's love? How are we going to bring people hope in this time? How are we going to get to as many people as possible to lift their spirits, to lift their load, to show them life's not over. We can't stop doing that. We're not done yet. We're not going to stop, okay? And so we dove in. And, and, and you that's dove why we, in. You all dove in. You all are amazing. And together, we didn't stop. And I think that has been a testimony to the community you realize that every week we've fed people through Jordan's Crossing? Every week we've, at minimum, we've met online. But most of the time we've met in some personal way. People sitting in their cars, sitting outside. I can't wait. I love the sunshine. We're getting ready, folks. We're going back outside some because we can. And we've got to make people feel comfortable so that they know you can worship God. You don't have to be afraid. And you know, last week I met someone, it was their first week back. That's a big deal. And you all can help welcome and love them on that first week back. So be looking because it is, when you've been out of church a whole year, it's, it's a big step to come back. And we're going to have so. to help people. Your love is going to be essential. Your love, you are essential and your love is essential, okay? Everyone is essential. And church is essential. Amen. So, so, so think about this. When did you first realize that love is our message as Christians? Some of you right now are being like, oh, I never even realized that. Or some of you is like, I knew that, but I gotten busy and forgotten that. See, what happens is this. Life comes at you hard, and you just get taking care of stuff, and you forget the main thing sometimes. And can I say something about this? You know, our culture's really hammered on the sanctity and the holiness of marriage. You know, you're married in a Christian marriage in the holiest state of matrimony, right? And there's something to be said for a God's way of doing things, God's way for family and God's way for marriage. And there's a pureness and a holiness in that love that comes out and it's shared to the world around us. And I want you to be encouraged in that, that you've made a good choice to honor God in that way and that you are safe under his canopy. And if you can keep that big vision in your mind that if I choose to follow God's ways, that he will also help me when I hit that bump in a road and I go to him and our family's not what we want it to be, God, and I, we, we came and we were joined together under your cross, but he'll help you out in that because he has that vision yeah. for your family. When I think about, when Jennifer and I were looking at this point and talking about what we wanted to express to you, we, we both agreed 
on, on this one really practical illustration from a, a person that we knew from our home church. Jennifer and I grew up in Murfreesboro, and we went to World Outreach Church. It's uh, a part of our life. But there was this one man. He was a single man, and um, he'd grown up in a home. Uh, he had lost his parents early and was raised by an aunt and uncle. And because of some of the hardship he experienced, he had just he was a wounded person. And, and mm. he got invited to our church back when it was really a small group in its earliest days. And the people in that small group just loved him, were just kind to him and encouraged him. And, and I remember the early days, you know, they helped him get a job. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us. You're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. And he got a job at the university working in the facilities department. You know, everything from from painting to cleaning to just routine maintenance and being a part of that team. And, And he was transformed by the love of the body of Christ. And so wherever he went, he wanted to share that love with other people. You have to see he was a quite unnoticeable character. He wasn't a leader. He was just a regular guy, you know? And, and he would be walking around the campus, and he would see somebody, and he would start talking to them, and then he would say, can I pray with them? His boss would say, you need to get to work. He really loved the entire community, and at his funeral, yeah. they all showed up. We were shocked. He had touched so many lives. And God's love just flowed through him. And even though he didn't have a family, we were his family. That's right. And there may be people in this room that don't have a family. You are their family. So look out for them and find them and have their back because they need you. He was important in the church 
because he loved, because he prayed, because he was consistent, because he was just did life with everybody. Listen to this verse. It's, it's from 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Dear friends, notice that there's just love even the way that John says that. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Who's the source? God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. You, you, you get the sense that, that the early church was constantly prodding one another, constantly encouraging one another. We got to keep loving. We got to keep this love flow going. And see, you and I, we get, we get busy with life, we get run down in life, and we begin to think, well, no, we can back off. You may have grown up in one of those homes where, where love was not expressed, and you're, you're like, I'm not sure I, I buy it. Listen, what we, what we know from the Word of God is that, that God wants us to love, and that He wants us to, to really, really care Do for Do the one people another. in your life feel it? Do they actually feel God's love coming from you? I know for, you know, we talk about love is a decision and love is a choice. And yes, it is. And some days you do not feel a thing and you just choose to do the right thing. And you choose and you choose. You might do that for weeks on end. You love, but it's for me. You stole my point again. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We have the same point. For me, it's an emotion. It is a feeling. And for me, it is affection. And in this time, all of our affections have been cut off from one another, and people are starving for love. And you have to ask yourself, do the people in my life, do they feel it? Do they know it? Affection is very important, especially in the home. The reason, the reason I say, I, the reason I want you to get that point. Right, honey? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, love is a choice and a decision. It's some people think that I will love when I feel loved. If you wait till you feel loved, you won't love. You have to make an intentional decision that you're going to love somebody. I know you think you fell in love, but there was a point in time when you decided that you would love this person. You fell in a ditch. <laughs> you fall in a ditch. You don't fall in love. She used to get mad at me for saying that. You do fall in love. At the same time, love. you do need to feel the emotion of love in your life. You were designed to feel that. But sometimes you just have to choose. That's why this, how has knowing God as the source of love given you confidence? See, when I don't feel like I can love, I can still know I can love because God is the source. Lord, give me the love that I need for this person. Give me the love that I need. Is there an unlovable person in your life and has the Holy Spirit prompted you to love them? In Cincinnati, I had a, a friend, a guy that was a part of the small group I was a part of. And, and we were talking about love at some point in time. And he told us, he said, you know, my dad never told me he loved me. 
And so when I had my son and I was holding him in my arms at the hospital, I determined in my heart, he made a decision, that every day I would tell my son I love him. See, you can be the first generation to pour out love. Pioneer it. We want to now talk about how to open the floodgates, how to have an overflowing love life. But I want you to realize we're not just talking about marriage, okay? If you're single, you need to be an individual that's constantly loving the people around you. So we all need to think about our workplaces, our schools, our church, our communities, our neighborhood. Where is the space that you're spending life? Because these principles are true no matter where you are. If you, if, you will, if you will love the people in your workspace, okay, if you'll treat them with value and dignity, encouragement, what will happen is the trust level will come up, you'll work better as a team, everything about it causes the glue of life, knowing that I'm valuable, knowing that I'm important, that I'm created by God to grow. So how do we open the floodgates? The first key is you have to know who you are. Know who you are as a person, okay? You're going to read that? Sure. Colossians 2 says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So once again, who is the source in your life? You got to be rooted and established in who? Jesus, right? In God. God becomes your source. Now, the problem is this. This is the problem that we face. Someone looks at us and says, grow up. And you're like, oh. (laughs) If someone tells you you need to grow up, the first thing you feel is defeated. And what are they really saying to you? They're saying you're immature. And and you just feel, oh my, you feel such, it, it it does not help you For someone to tell you to grow up or someone to tell you don't be afraid, you're in this state. But this is what we want you to see. You have to know where you're at and you need to begin to say, okay, I need to grow up. And so we're going to give you the keys to that. We're going to give you three, the A, B, and the C. A is avoid comparisons. We all grow the way God wanted us to. We're going to grow at the rate that he wants you to. Do not compare yourself to Billy Graham. Don't compare yourself to Mother Teresa. You know, do not compare yourself to other people. Secondly, you need to be honest with yourself. Look at your life and say, am I stagnant? How am I doing spiritually? Do I need to grow? And who am I listening to? And begin to evaluate, what do I need? Okay? And then thirdly, You have to see. So the A is avoid comparisons. Be honest with yourself. And then you have to see transparency as crucial. I realize that that is not the letter C, for those of you who wondered. But that's the A, B, and the C. You have to see transparency. There's this value that you have to have that in order for love to grow, you have to be honest with one another. And that you've got to just share life and do life together. And and, and, in our life... We've seen that if I can make uh, myself and our home a safe space where we can share, if we can create the, the church as a safe place, this is why we talk about as a, one of our core values is honesty. We just have to be honest with one another. 
Well, to have a transparency, the people in your life have to trust that you're going to keep their trust. Because as soon as you break their confidence, then they're not going to want to come to you anymore because it's not a safe space. And we have to be honest with ourselves. All of us need to change. I need to change. You need to change. So, you know, to keep growing in love, we have to say, God, show me where I need to change and what I need to do differently. I know recently, just this week, I was with my brother-in-law, Alan. He's a pastor. We have, we have pastors everywhere in our family on both sides. But we were talking, and it's a safe space together. We trust one another. Yeah. And when we're talking, we were talking, I was sharing things from my heart And he said to me, well, wait a minute, that's a wrong thinking. And he really helped me to see where I needed to change and where I was thinking wrong about something. But because I felt the love, we could have an open and honest conversation back and forth. And I could leave knowing I was loved and knowing where I needed to change. You've been listening to Brave Love Overflow here on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, you and Jennifer brought a great message to us. Yeah, we, I, Jennifer and I always like teaching together because we, in our world, I don't know, we've, we've dealt with so much feminism for so long. Mm-hmm. There are people that are so hurt, yeah. okay, that they don't want to listen to a man at all. And, and they're there's a need for them to hear the truth of God's word. And that's why it really helps that Jennifer is willing to teach and likes to teach and does that alongside me. And so today I think that's good if, if people will listen, because this is something we've walked out. We've been married for over 32 years now. And, and so we understand what some of the actual difficulties of marriage can be in the busy world in which we live. And you can do great, but you need God's help. Yeah, and we're so glad that uh, that you brought that message to us, but we want to share it with other people as well. We want as many people as possible to hear these words. Well, you know, for my life, I, I've always had certain people I listen to that taught the Bible, and it's really helped me, and, and we want to do that for other people, for a new generation. We want to make sure that the Word of God is front and center. And so that's why you can listen here on the radio or our podcast, if you're listening to it that way. Share the program and share the podcast. You can go check out A Year in the Bible with with Pastor Doyle Jackson. That's another podcast we're doing. We want to help you, Simply for Women is Jennifer's uh, radio program and podcast. We believe that this generation needs encouragement in the Word of God. They can do it. And, and they're going to get it best if you just go invite them. I mean, there's lots of ways, you know, we can advertise, we can send out flyers, we can have a plane in the sky with a banner, but nothing is as effective as you saying to your family, your friends, hey, this episode blessed me, why don't you give it a That's listen? Right. So we really hope that you will share our podcast and our radio show with your friends and family, and we hope you will come back because we're going to have more for you on your next step. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click Give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 
4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.